Hello, everyone. Welcome to Enjoy the Book of Life. We are here with Ian Milbrath, and Ian and I have just calculated that we have known each other for half of our lives together, and uh, which is quite quite a feat that we're still friends. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, we're here today to talk about a treasure discovery. So, Ian, what is your treasure discovery? Hey, David. <clears throat> Good to chat with you here. Uh, yeah, so uh, one of the, um, I guess, key aspects of, of our Christian walk uh, that I think is extremely important as we go from day to day and, and live our lives is having a uh, eternal perspective on, on life. And especially when it comes to people mm -hmm. and, you know, in this life, <laughs> there's only two things that are going to last for forever. And that's the word of God and people. Uh, everything else is going to burn up and, and be, completely taken out of the way. Um, what's going to last forever is the word of God. Uh, just thinking of the different verses in, in scripture that talk about the flower fades and the grass withers away, but the word of God abides forever. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's one thing. And the other thing is people, uh, people are going to last forever. And I think this is key uh, for life because what's, what's more common than people? <laughs> yeah right? We're surrounded by people every day. And I think um, the tendency is to see them as, as common mm. and to see them as, you know, uh, you've got this box of people, you've got this box of people, right? You've got your Republicans and your Democrats. You've got your, you've, you've got your Vikings fans and you've got your Green Bay <laughs> Packers yeah. fans, right? And you just kind of like, you know, people are so common and it's like an everyday thing and, and, you know, whatever. And it's easy to lose that perspective that each person is an individual and each individual is going to last for eternity somewhere mm. um, in one of two places. Right. <clears throat> so if you have that perspective of life and you, you don't just see people as common, you see them as eternal souls uh, that changes how you think that changes how you act and uh, how you respond to different situations. Um, that's vital for, for any Christian. Yeah, yeah, it's foundational. And and like so yeah. many of our treasured discoveries, it seems like, well, yeah, I believe that. But then there's a point where that becomes real. It, it, again, mm -hmm. where you you treasure it. So mm -hmm. what what's the story behind this discovery for you? Yeah, um, I would say uh, probably from a pretty young age, um, you know, after, after, um, I got saved, um, I got saved when I was pretty young and I remember, um, different people in my life that I would feel convicted about like their salvation and I'd want to share the gospel with them. Uh, I didn't always do that. <laughs> um, got, uh, yeah, just got scared or <laughs> was a chicken. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> but I, I, I do remember like, yeah, different people, like family members, um, that I was just burdened about at a very young age as to where they're going to spend eternity. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I think part of that is, um, I don't want to say natural, but supernatural mm -hmm. when, when you are a, a believer 
and you've been given a new life and, and the Holy Spirit abides in you, I think part of that is, is God working in you to, um, uh, to see people differently, differently yeah. than maybe you would normally. Uh, but I do remember one specific story and it was my, my grandpa on my dad's side. Um, and he was, uh, um, <laughs> he was, a uh, a key person in my life. He, mm. um, taught me how to fish. He, uh, was a sweet man. He, he had a heart of gold. He was kind of a good old boy. Um, but he definitely wasn't saved. <laughs> mm. Uh, he, he had a, a pretty bad temper and, and, uh, learned, learned a lot of, uh, um, unsavory words from my grandpa <laughs> at a pretty young age. And, um, anyway, so that, but that was my grandpa. He was, you know, he was one of the um, closest people I knew outside of my immediate family. Right. <clears throat> and, um, he was a, he was a chain smoker all of his life and that eventually caught up with him. And this was, I was in my early twenties and he was admitted to the hospital. He had cancer all over mm. uh, in his lungs. And, um, and I, I went and visited him in the hospital and that was, that was pretty tough. Just again, it was the closest person that I had ever been to that was going through, um, you know, just their body deteriorating mm -hmm. and they were on death's doorstep. Um, but the amazing thing is, uh, we, we believe, yeah, we believe the Lord saved him a couple mm -hmm. weeks before he died. My dad was with him and, and had the opportunity to, um, pray with him. And my grandpa prayed and, and, uh, just, yeah, asked the Lord to save him a couple of weeks before he died. And, wow. uh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's a really amazing story. And, um, yeah, just, uh, <laughs> the Lord, um, how does that hymn go uh, plucked as a brand from hell? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. he was, he was right there, um, mm -hmm. uh, feeling the, the singes of, of hellfire and, and on his death's doorstep and, mm -hmm. um, the Lord saved him. And so, we just, uh, yeah, we rejoice in that. But, um, I remember after that, <clears throat> after the funeral and all that, and, and going back to where I was living at the time. And I remember just seeing people differently after that. Mm. Um, and like every, every person I looked at, it was like, wow, they're, they're going to die. Like they're going to spend yeah. eternity somewhere. Um, and it was just, it was just so fresh. And I think it was just, you know, someone that close to me had, had passed away and, and heaven wasn't so much of theology or, or death wasn't so much theology yeah. as it was a reality. And, you know, so it just kind of, it, it definitely hit me in a, in a new and a, a fresh way. Um, when my grandpa passed away and yeah, like even, even today, like, you know, just having that perspective, um, knowing that everyone, you meet everywhere you go, the people closest to you, the people you don't even know, like they're all going to spend eternity somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you were saying, you seeing people differently, it's, it's seeing people the way God sees people. When, when we have these mm -hmm. stories of the Lord Jesus and he looks out on the crowd, it's like, these are the people trying to kill him. Like they hate him mm -hmm. and he's moved with compassion right and he yeah. sees them as sheep without a shepherd um you know he he wants to gather them 
you know, mm -hmm. like checks and, and they don't want it. And so, yeah, seeing, seeing things the way God sees it. Mm -hmm. I like the initial connection you made between people and the word of God and how these things are eternal. You know, that this idea that God breathed into man, right? And we believe that yeah. the, the, the word of God is, is God breathed, right? And so we, we have this, this eternal worth placed into every mm -hmm. living living soul and so what impact have you seen this treasured discovery have you you mentioned how it impacted you and so mm -hmm. what what how have you seen this in in an effect as a result yeah <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah no like <clears throat> It's such a, I don't know, I'm just thinking of like our world that we're living in today where mm -hmm. there is, especially in our country, there's just so much tension between groups, right? Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's racial groups or political groups or even even like Christian groups, right? Yeah. And um, if you lose sight of that, that perspective that people are eternal, it, it makes those tensions and those differences so much greater. Um, and so like, <clears throat> I guess one very practical example <laughs> that I live with every day is, is my wife and my son, Ezra. And, um, when I lose sight of the eternal perspective, when I lose sight of, you know, they have an eternal soul, like it's, it very quickly turns to my own needs and my own wants. And, and it's very easy to be selfish and to be thinking myself only. And, and just, or even just thinking of like the immediate needs and not thinking like long-term, obviously, you know, short-term needs, those are important. And, you know, Ezra's hungry and needs food. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we gotta, <laughs> gotta take care of those things. Um, but you know, what's, what's the big picture? Like, you know, what's the, what's the long-term goal mm -hmm. for Ezra? And it's, it's to establish and to have a, a home where he can grow up and on a, on a solid foundation of, of God's word. Um, and it's, yeah, that, that connection is so important between like people and God's word, because that's what, <laughs> you know, physical souls need physical food, eternal souls need eternal food. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in a very practical way, having eternal perspective affects how, um, how I want to influence my wife and how I want to influence Ezra. Mm -hmm. And the only way to do that is for me to be filled with God's word and then to share that and to, uh, overflow with with god's word in my wife's life and in ezra's life um yeah so that's that's a practical example um of where it it's uh, had an impact um at work uh <laughs> it's it's funny because sometimes we um we pit like secular work versus missionaries and you know the, the spiritual work like those people doing all the spiritual things yeah. And um when and you know there's there's some I don't know truth to that I guess a little bit but obviously in in scripture it talks about how um we're to work as unto the Lord like yeah. whatever you do whether you eat or drink do it as unto the Lord and um like if you don't have an eternal perspective it's very easy to get frustrated 
mm-hmm. and down and think like, I'm not doing anything for the Lord sitting here typing out emails or, you know, packaging boxes or, you know, whatever, whatever your, your quote unquote secular job is, um, you, you can become very frustrated and very discouraged if you just think that's all I'm doing. Yeah. But, but scripture tells us very clearly, like, no, we're to work is onto the Lord. Um, and there's a, there's a prayer in the Psalms that I, I love praying. Um, it's, uh, the psalmist says, establish the work of our hands. Mm. And uh, I think that's such a, a key a, or a good, I think that's such a good perspective to have when we're talking about our, our work and our job um, is that the Lord can use that and establish it and, and create uh, fruit from it. Um, part of, part of what I, um, I guess one of the things, like one of the benefits of my job that I have right now is that I, I get to meet with some young men. Um, I work up in the office section and then we have like a warehouse and there's a lot of young people that come in and out of the warehouse. It's kind of a high turnover back there and which is kind of normal for warehouse jobs. Um, but as a result of that, I get to meet a lot of young people and especially young men. And, and, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm able to, you know, we, we, some, some of the guys I meet with and do Bible studies with and, um, or just interacting them with them throughout the day and encouraging them, or we talk about scripture and, um, and that kind of thing as we work, you know, we want to want to be working and, uh, make sure we're not stealing from our employer. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, but you know, just trying to encourage each other as we work and and uh, doing things that way. So, and and again, like that's not like <laughs> none of that's possible if you don't have this eternal perspective where, you know, this person uh, is either lost and and needs to be saved, and and like I could have an impact in their lives by working hard at my job and maybe maybe sharing something here or there or just you know loving them for the Lord. Or it's like this person's a brother or sister in Christ and I can encourage them and then they can go out and, and maybe they share the gospel and encourage somebody else because of it. So, uh, yeah, so those are some, some areas. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah those, those thoughts, I, I just did a study through first Peter and it talks about how, you know, this light fiery trial, you know, that, that you're undergoing. And he, when Peter talks about that, he, he's saying, yes, there is this fiery trial you're currently in, right? You're mm. currently in the oven, right? And he zooms out and he, he talks about the, the foreknowledge of God and he talks about the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? He zooms out to all eternity. He's like, hey, eternity passed. And then at the end of all time, right? And he's like, we, God, God knows what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. God knows how it's going to end, right? And, and he puts their whole suffering, which is a huge theme through that book, <clears throat> um, into perspective. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when in times of big suffering, right? You, you talked about the death of your, your grandfather. And sometimes when, when I feel accosted at all sides, right? It's like, okay, I need to, I, I, that, that's when I'm drawn to the Lord and saying, I have to get back on track. 
Mm. But what you're talking about is going to work on a Tuesday morning, right? And so it's a big difference. Yeah. And you're saying, hey, yeah, these big fiery events, this this huge event that kind of kickstarted this for you. But it's more than that. It's a Tuesday morning at work and mm. this rotation of interns it's it's more than that right it's more than yeah that's normal for warehouse it's hey i've got an eternal uh, opportunity here mm -hmm. with these young people mm -hmm. so i guess my next question is with you know the silver you got to keep it polished right <laughs> otherwise it starts yeah. to grow dull and sometimes <clears throat> we get these beautiful thoughts and you, you give them a, a year or two or maybe even just a couple days and they start to fade. So how do mm. you, from this big impactful moment um, to, you know, go into work the next day, how do you keep this idea polished in your own mind, your own thinking, so that you keep this eternal perspective? Mm. Yeah. Um, and just to piggyback on what you said previously, uh, as far as getting a, you know, zoomed out picture of the, the grand scheme, you know, sometimes I, I'll come home and, uh, Lydia has been in the trenches all day with Ezra, Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> being a mother, taking care of Ezra. And sometimes he's just, you know, crazy, right. That's what, that's what two-year-old boys do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and sometimes I'll come home and she's just, you know, she's kind of at her wits end and, and, um, and she's kind of, you know, being hard on herself. Like she's like, oh, you know, Ezra's, he's just, you know, whatever, whatever his issue is that day. Yep. And, you know, she's second guessing herself and like, well, you know, am I doing the right thing? Am I, you know, I don't feel like I'm being a good mother or whatever. And sometimes it's like, all right, like, let's like, look at this vision. Let's back up. Let's get out of the trenches here for a second and get a perspective on, you know, what's, what's the big picture here. And, you yep. know, yep. one, one day doesn't define your your whole motherhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I, I think that's, yeah, that's kind of what we're talking about and why it's so important is because unless we have that perspective of eternity and what's, what's the big picture here, what's the big goal, um, both for our lives and, you know, for the lives of people around us, um, we'll just get so down in the trenches, you know, fighting hand to hand combat and, and just second guessing everything and, and feeling discouraged. Um, so, being in the trenches is good. Obviously we want to be there, but we yep. also want to have, yeah, that looking, looking upwards and, uh, seeing things, how the Lord sees it. And it's hard because yeah, like you were saying, when you're in the trenches, you definitely lose that, <laughs> that zeal and that, uh, just, or you get distracted yeah, desire to keep going on. Yeah. You know, sometimes, yeah, you know, the grenade goes off to your left and all of a sudden you forget, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you're disoriented, distracted. And like you said, yep. down on yourself, right. These things that you see. So how do mm -hmm. you get over those things? How do you kind yeah. of help focus yourself? Re yeah. Refocus. Um, I, one of the, <laughs> It seems like such a Sunday school answer, but prayer. Um, mm. I mean, just asking the Lord to um, refocus your heart and your mind on Him and on His plan, and uh, 
because it's it's easy to you know as you're going to have all these things and all your plans and you got everything in motion and sometimes you can just fill your life up with all this activity and just you know doing stuff mm-hmm. um so it's it's good to have that yeah that daily quiet time with the lord um where you're praying and and uh in his word um just to yeah refocus your heart and your mind um and i just i pray specifically like lord help me to see people the way you see them mm. um and sometimes we think about that, like for complete strangers, like help me to see them the way you see them. I pray that for my wife and for Ezra too, you know, the mm. people that I'm around all the time and closest to, because a lot of times it's those people that you <laughs> have the hardest time <laughs> seeing through the Lord's eyes, right? The, the people yeah. you're closest to, the people at church, the people at your work. Um, sometimes it's easier to look at a stranger and like, oh, wow, you know to love them the way Christ loves them. (laughs) G.K. Chesterton said that we are commanded both to love our neighbors and to love our enemies because they tend to be the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so true. You know, one of the, man, I'll never forget this. The the guy who did our, Lydia and my uh, wedding, his message at our wedding um, he was talking about, uh, you know what, actually, okay, this is bad. <laughs> it was either a wedding or one of our, uh, marriage counseling sessions, um, or pre-marriage counseling sessions, either way. Um, he was talking about, um, that verse. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're going to have no closer neighbor than your spouse. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's, that's that's it right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like loving your neighbor doesn't start with the stranger, you know, overseas across on the other side of the world. Loving your neighbor starts with the person that you're the closest to. Like that's your neighbor. Yeah. For yeah, me, and, for me, it's my wife. And right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, there's the little joke about, uh, you're never going to cross the street in heaven to get away from another Christian. Right. (laughs) But but the point is, again, it's a it's a macro. It's a zoom out point. Right. With humor. But, Mm. you know, I'm willing to have a grudge and be bitter towards Mm. Christians. I'm going to spend eternity with and happy unity. Right. It's like that that seems a little out of place. Right. And so, again, if if we think about things in the eternal perspective. And and think of them with with heaven on our mind you know we Mm -hmm. we we look at the lost with hell on our mind and we look at the believer with heaven on our mind and it's very often you know we'll we'll, it's easier to do that with one and not the other and to say Mm -hmm. you know the the i'm persuaded that god's going to complete his work in you too Mm -hmm. right very often we claim that and it's like yeah i'm struggling but God's going to finish the work. Yeah, it's in them too, you know. And, and you know, we're, we're told, you know, not to judge another man's servant. You know, they're God's servant. He, they're their sheep. Now, we're, we're mm-hmm. to be shepherds. We're to help. We're to care. And that's part of the trenches. And it's mm-hmm. hard. Like, you get, mm-hmm. you've got Paul, and he's, he says he groans in labor pains over, <laughs> over the believers, you know and mm. and it's hard but but 
again, when you zoom out and I think, so it's not negating the difficulty, Mm. but it's that conscious effort to, again, like we said, zoom out. Yeah. I was just going to say, and that's, I feel like such, that's why it's so important to be in the word and especially paying attention to like, yeah, how the believers treated each other or people treat each other in the Bible. Um, it's a good barometer for our own lives. Like um, Epaphroditus, like, man, I, you know, one good read of, of him. I mean, there's only a few verses, but like he got sick because he was so, um, he was just so burdened by the believers and their, their faith and their walk with the Lord. And he was, Paul says he was sick unto death. Like he was, and I'm, I read that and I'm like, man, I got a long ways to go because (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I've ever felt that way towards another believer, you know, (laughs) where I'm just, you know, agonized like that over, over how they're doing spiritually. Um, Or, you know, here's Paul in prison and these guys mm -hmm. are preaching the gospel out of strife and vain envy right? They're literally preaching the gospel to hurt Paul. And he's like, hey, they're preaching the gospel, like more power to him, like keep it up, guys, you know? Um, yeah, it, again, yeah. it's it's having that heart. I like the point you made about prayer, because prayer is entering the, the eternal, right? We, we mm. go, as it were, our spirits ascend to the throne of grace, Mm-hmm. And so I like I like that being able to you because if I'm not just saying words right like okay I got to do this before I eat this sandwich but I'm 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 saying okay I'm about to enter God's presence into heaven that's mm-hmm. one way to put eternity on our mind uh, mm-hmm. I think of in Colossians three as well where it says to set your mind on things above where Christ is right? To have Christ on our minds and Mm. to set our minds, you know, it's a set our minds, right? Things naturally fall, right? That's where my mind goes, right? If I let it wander, it always descends. And so there's a, there needs to be a conscious setting, right? Mm -hmm. A a lifting up of the things. And the word of God does that. Uh, And the spirit does that, right? He speaks to me the things of Christ. And so yeah. those those two suggestions I think are are quality ones. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it it sets a precedent too, right? Like um committing people to to God through prayer. Uh it's hard to it's hard to think poorly about them while you're praying for them. And yeah. it's hard to um yeah, it it's hard to like grumble and complain about people when you're praying, praying it for them to the Lord. Um, so it just kind of like in your mind, it just sets a precedent, like, no, I'm, you know, this is, this is where I'm going to put my mind. Like you're saying, set it on things above. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to put these people, you know, set them above, like before the throne of God. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to degrade them. I'm not going to put them down with my, with my thoughts or, or even how I treat them, like how I speak to them. You know, I can't, I can't be praying for my brother or sister or coworker and like asking the Lord to, you know, like, Lord, just reach out to them and encourage them and strengthen them and then turn around and like, you know, degrade them and talk bad about them. Yeah. And and I I like the Paul's, I like the prayers that Paul prays for the believers. And if we were to pray those for, you know, people who we're having a hard time with, 
Lord, I pray that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. Right? <laughs> That's a good prayer for people that you're feeling mm. a little frustrated with, right? Mm-hmm. And so little things like that, you know, sometimes we we have a way of wording prayers that's like, God, won't you just fix them, you know, so I can, <laughs> so I can like them better, right? <laughs> but oh, instead, man. you know, because we look into the word and we see spirit-inspired prayers, uh, and mm. Colossians 1 and the various places. And so you lay hold of those and pray mm-hmm. those for the people in our churches and our family members. And I, I think mm. those are some great prayers to pray. Yeah. Yeah. For for people and for yourself too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Just, for sure. Yeah. And I I think like a good practical thing. So I've I've started doing this. Um, I'm not super consistent at it, but, uh, just in the realm of like work and stuff. And like, I just, I really want, I've really been convicted about, um, seeing work as, as something that has eternal purpose and value. And so one thing that I do that helps me keep that perspective throughout the day is I just, I get to work and I, I have this, uh, I have my own office so I can do this. I know it's not, not everyone can do this. Um, but I'm assuming everyone gets in a car and drives to work. So maybe you could do it in your car, but I just, when I get to my office, I just close my door and I just take a couple minutes and just pray. And I just commit the day to the Lord. I commit my job to the Lord and the people I interact with and just say, Lord, this day's yours. My job's yours. Like, you know, help me to work efficiently and, and to do a good job. And, and again, I think it just, it helps, it helps me get my mind right. Like where it needs to be. Mm um, going into the day at, at work. <clears throat> and I, I think that's just a, a natural yeah. consequence of, of prayer, right? It, sometimes we, we give our requests to the Lord and we have a laundry list of things that we need from the Lord. Um, but I think one of the most important things about prayer is it gets our mind, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, Lord, this is where, where I need to be. And, and, uh, here, you know, I'm committing everything to you again. And, and just kind of rededicating this this day and apart apart from you i can do nothing yeah so yeah well good i think this is something we need i think it's obviously a very biblical principle and something that we not only need to lay hold of but like we were talking about it, it's a constant reminder you know mm. there's so many mm-hmm. distractions in this world so to be to have these things and, and, you know, learn consistency in them. And it's not easy. Yeah. I guess one thing, um, just a, uh, I guess a verse that has kind of always stuck out to me on this topic is, uh, Matthew six thirty three, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. He's talking about food and clothing and shelter right? All the, all the physical things, the physical needs, all of that, he says, you know, that'll, that'll be added onto you, but you, mm-hmm. again, with this eternal perspective, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Like that's where we need to be. <laughs> yeah. God will take care of the rest. Right. We just, and you're right. Like, I don't know. I <laughs> Sometimes I feel sheepish, like talking about this when it's like, yeah, you're right. Every day is a, a battle and there's days where I'm just totally ashamed because, mm. you know, here's my two-year-old son, someone who's like so precious to me and someone I would do anything for. And he's, 
you know, he's having a rough day and I'm just like so annoyed by it. Right. Yeah. I was just like, get your act together. Right. You little two year old. That's right. <laughs> and it's been like, like this I, your whole life. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I can just, I like, you know, someone that precious to me, mm-hmm. I can just totally lose sight of their eternal value. Mm. And, and it's, it's a, it's a, yeah. Like, like you're saying, it's, it's just a constant battle and, uh, and just, a yeah, just to be disciplined and say, um, refocus your mind and, and your heart, spend time in the word and in prayer and, uh, ask the Lord to, yeah, re rebalance you, <laughs> mm-hmm. Get yeah. your heart and mind and, on him. Yeah. With, with, again, this idea, seek ye first the kingdom, right? It's, it's mm. the, this focus on the Lord in his word and in prayer, right? That, that two-way communication, focusing on our relationship with him, mends mm-hmm. our relationships with those around us, which is mm-hmm. kind of what we've been talking about with our neighbor and our family and all these other things. And so, yeah, again, how do we do it? Well, focus on the word of God, focus on prayer. And mm-hmm. if our relationship, if we love the father, right? Well, mm. then yeah, I'll love my brother. Yeah. What is, what does he say? If, <laughs> if you, if you don't love your brother who you see, like, how yes. can you say you love the father who you don't see? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, if you, yeah, if you have relationships or, or just like you go throughout your day and only think about yourself, it's like, how, you know, how is your relationship really with the Lord? Um, because if you spend any amount of time with the Lord, you're going to know that he loves people and he, uh, yeah. And you should be reflecting that right. As, as Christians, we should reflect the Lord's love and and care for people. And if we don't, then, you know, what, (laughs) what's that saying about our relationship with the Lord? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which comes back to that idea of doing all things to his glory, right? Revealing Mm -hmm. him, revealing him in the workplace, in your family life, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in all those areas. 